0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Welcome in to Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It's that time of the week. The Bears are getting ready to play. That means I have a preview podcast for you. Their game coming up against the Tennessee Titans at noon down in Nashville on Sunday. Before I really, really get into Bears v. Titans, I want to go back to something that happened in the game against the Saints that really bothered me. Outside of just the Bears losing the game when they, they were trying to get back in the crazy Javon Wims thing that went on, what really bothered me is that going in, If you go back and listen to the preview that I I had for the game, I was talking about Drew Brees. And I was talking about how he's limited now. He's still good, but he's limited. He's limited in the throws that he can make. And you add that to a guy who's older and doesn't have a ton of mobility, it, it makes for an interesting target that the Bears could not hit the bullseye on. Like, not getting him on the ground, not forcing him to make deep throws, because he can't. The Saints basically dinked and dunked their way down the field on the Bears, and then when they got into the red zone, they were able to, to go up against some bizarre coverages that Chuck Pagano had, where you had two guys run post, and there was no one in the middle of the field. It was really, really weird. But the, the Breeze thing bothered me. He's a sitting duck, and he's, but he's still good enough in the pocket. Athleticism in the pocket is what I like to call it. He's still good enough to escape to the left or to the right, or sometimes climb in the pocket to get a little bit of space. But the Bears not putting enough pressure on him, enough of a rush on him is concerning the quarterback that they're playing this week has got wheels and he's got some tough, he's, he's got some truck stick to him. Ryan Tannehill was a receiver in college, and he's got that type of athleticism. Like Obviously, he's been in the league now, what, eight, nine years, but he still has some of that stuff left in him, which makes him a problem if he gets into the open field or if he he gets flushed out of the pocket, he can make throws on the run. It was one of the things that bothered me the most. So as we get ready to preview the Titans, I wanted to figure out what went wrong. And you'll hear me talk about the Titans in here with Dan Durkin. But check out his explanation for what the Bears were doing that didn't allow for them to get enough heat on Drew Brees last week.
2: You've seen enough from him. Uh, I'd say you can go as far back as like... Uh, a season and a half to understand that he does not have the drive and the velocity that he had on his passes previously. So when you think about the the three levels of the defense, the deep, the the intermediate, and the short, he's not going to threaten you in the deep portion of the field. So he's an intermediate and short thrower. You know, Sean Payton. I think he he well recognizes that. But I, I do agree with you when you think about the number of weapons he was down. He's not a threat to really get you over the top. Um, why why you didn't see a little bit more? I don't know if they wanted to play a little bit more zone underneath to maybe congest some of those those windows, but. They went with some soft coverages that I wasn't quite expecting to give him more space in that area that he can still deliver the ball with accuracy. And so I, I do agree with you that I think they could have tightened down some of the shorter and intermediate windows a little bit better. And then you know, they they just didn't make life miserable enough for him in the pocket. And I think that that's why they were able to to your point string together some of these drives. And um, you really knew who the one weapon was on that offense, and yet he he was still able to 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 put up some significant yards. And you think about. Alvin Kamara and what he was able to do so I do agree you you kind of got a wounded team in there you got uh, a, 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 a nice offensive production from a points perspective from your offense which is rare and so the, the fact they couldn't capitalize on that was disappointing some, some questionable clock management decisions I think figure into that a little bit but I bet you if Chuck Pagano had his druthers he wouldn't have gone as soft as he did with his coverage down the stretch at the end of the, uh, at the end of the second quarter.
1: Why have we seen the Titans struggle over the last couple of games
2: i, I it's their their defense their their defense is just uh, I, I don't see much from them when it comes to to coverage. Yeah, they're they're not really sticky when it comes to staying on on receivers. I think their third down third their third down defense is poor, and so when you can't get off the field in those third and long situations, it's it's devastating. And so I I, I do like um, very very much up front. I mean Jeffrey Simmons is is a guy that I'm just going to call out. To say you know keep an eye on number 98 this week, and he's just an excellent player, just really emerging as a, a true force uh, along the defensive line. So. Uh, he's going to give the Bears some trouble up front with whoever it is. If they are if they have uh, some of the people back that they expect, uh, either way, he's going to be uh, very difficult for them to, to deal with. But it's the back seven of that defense, despite some of the acquisitions they've made. Uh, I, I don't think that that, is, that that group is together when it comes to a communication perspective. I don't think that they're able to really stick on receivers as much. And so it just uh, they, they extend drives because of their own lapses when it comes to communication, coverage you know, passing guys off, things like that. So the, the back seven of that defense is certainly an Achilles heel for them.
1: Let's talk about that Titans defense for a second because here are some numbers that might make you feel better about the Bears' chances against the Titans. You're thinking, well, this is a Titans team that started out 5-0, and so they've got to be really good, right? Wrong. Defensively, they have struggled all season, and they got the brakes beat off of them by the Bengals last week and Joe Burrow. What concerns me is that Joe Burrow is more um, athletic than Nick Foles is. And they didn't get to Burrow, but they were able to move him out of the pocket. And when he moved out of the pocket, he made plays. But I promised you some hope, so let me give you some of the good numbers. The Titans are terrible on third down. Last week alone, they, were, they gave up 10 third down conversions 10 of 15 last week on third down for the season they are the worst in the nfl 63 percent of the time offenses are able to move the ball against them and pick up first downs it gets even even uh, worse for them in the red zone where teams are converting 80 percent in the red zone against the titans so if you're looking for a silver lining there's your silver lining in in what the Titans are defensively. They don't get the quarterback on the ground, but they are one of the teams that takes the ball away. So if you're going to try and and challenge their defensive backs, it could be a rough day if, if, if there's even the slightest bit of pressure. But they're a team that you can run on, and they're a team that I think you can, you can move the ball through the air, too. So it, it should be an interesting thing for the Bears. But that means that they have to protect Nick Foles. That means that they're, they're going to have to be in sync. And considering what's happened this past week, that's a tough task that's, that's going to be asked of them. The Bears had disruptions all week, whether it was guys being injured like Charles Leno, or guys going on the COVID list like Cody White here, there's been a major disruption. Sam Mustafer, the backup center, not available either. I asked J.J. Stankovic to kind of re-rack this and say, okay, who's available and who's going to be out there for the Bears?
0: So they're not as bad as they were when we went to bed last night. The Bears will be in all likelihood without their... Starting well, we know they're already without their starting left guard. They will be without their starting center, Cody Whitehair. They will be without their backup center, Sam Mustipher. In all likelihood, he will not play on Sunday. The the Bears will, though. It looks like have Jermaine Effetti, their starting right guard. He should be back. He was pulled. He was uh, activated off of the COVID nineteen reserve list on Friday morning, and that indicates that he will be able to play on Sunday. He was identified as a close contact of Jason Spriggs. Their backup right tackle, who was playing because Bobby Massey is on injured reserve, their starting right tackle. So let me just take a stab at the offensive line here. What I would sort of expect we see on Sunday going from left to right. Left tackle will be Charles Leno Jr., left guard will be Arlington Hambright, center will be Alex Bars, which is something uh, Olin Kreutz floated this week. Right guard will be Jermaine Effetti and right tackle will be Rashad Coward. That would be my best guess right now.
1: Last week, the Bears were better at running the ball. And I know that David Montgomery had that big run and that skews things a little bit. I have a, a whole deal about this. People will often say, well, if you take out the 38-yard run, no. Like, that's how run games you are supposed to work. They're supposed to be three yards, two yards, negative one yard, 10 yards, six yards, one yard, 38 yards. You're supposed to body blow. Like You're supposed to keep hitting a team with body blows. And the Bears were able to do that against the Saints last week. I think that they're going to be able to do it again if they want to against the Titans. And honestly, I would rather see the Bears with the way that this offensive line is shaping up I'd rather see them allow those guys to get going. Offensive linemen like to go forward. So how about giving them a chance to go forward? See if you can establish a run game. And I imagine that Mike Vrabel is going to stack the box. I imagine that you're going to see weird sort of defensive formations from him because he's kind of known for that. Speaking of which, let me speak on Mike Vrabel for a second. It's funny to me that when we talk about the young, great coaches in football, his name doesn't come up, and it should. I, I think that guy is really good. He's 45, but you don't hear him talked about the same way that people talk about Lafleur or McVay or Shanahan or even Neggy. He's doing it in a different way, but he has a great understanding of how the game should be played and how the game should be coached. I think that he's the one guy on the Belichick tree that actually picked up the important stuff from Belichick. That he understood, okay, well, let me figure out how to take advantage of rules. Let me figure out where the margins are and... And let me see if I can play inside those margins. He's, he's tough and he's smart. And he's going to mess with Nick Foles. I, I guarantee you that that's going to be a thing. But I, I wish that he would get the type of attention that the other young coaches, I'm using air quotes, the other young coaches in the NFL get. Because he doesn't. And it's a shame because he's really good at what he's doing. I want to go back to talking about the, the Titans' offense for a second because we haven't, outside of me talking a little bit about Tannehill, we haven't done that. But let me, So let me get back to that. Ryan Tannehill, 17 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's efficient, and I, I, I feel like I'm dissing him by saying that, and I don't mean to because what, what's happened to him, the transformation that's happened to him, for leaving Miami has been really, really awesome to see. And if I'm Mitch Trubisky, I'm looking at his career and being like, I want to do that. I want to be that. I want to, when I get my next opportunity, I want to be that. He seems comfortable, and when you got a run game like they got, it's not hard to be comfortable, but he's a he's a part of that run game. Guy is an athlete. You have to pay attention to him. 109.8 rating. He did throw a red zone pick last week. So he's not perfect. So he, he did throw a red zone pick. Then we get to the monster in the backfield. Derrick Henry is leading the league in rushing. He's got almost 800 yards so far. He had a great game last week. 6.2 yards per carry for him in last week's game. Had a touchdown, was over 100 yards. I think it was the first time that he went over 100 yards in like the last 20 games and they lost. Bears fans should be excited about that. That you had a great game from Derrick Henry. The Titans themselves, as a team, I think, rushed for over seven yards. A crack. And yet they were mollywopped by the Bengals. Still, you have to tackle that man. You have to get him on the ground, and that is not easy to do. I had a really great conversation with Denart Walker, a former Titan. And we kind of went all over the place. We were talking about Charles Tillman and Tom Brady. It was really terrific. But this is a guy who played DB in the league for a long time. And I said to him, what would you do? How would you go about trying to tackle Derrick Henry if you were one of the Bears linebackers or DBs? Check out his answer.
3: Go low. And I'm going to say this again. Go low. When you got a guy six foot three, two 240 pounds, do not try to tackle him high. We saw what happened uh, in the Buffalo game. Uh, it was absolutely embarrassing. I don't know what Josh Norman was thinking, trying to tackle that man up high. And then Josh went to – he took Josh and stiff-armed stiff arm him, uh, basically put him up in the top row uh, down in Nissan Stadium. And that's just to show DBs do not try to come up – and tackle a man that big. If if I tell anybody, when you tackle, when I had a chance to play against Eddie George, the way that you tackle him is what they call a shoestring tackle. It means head for his shoes, uh, get below his knees, and make sure you don't, you know, put your head in there first because you will get hurt. And I tell you what, he's a grown man. That's exactly what he is. He's a grown man running the football. So, yeah, I'll just tell anybody, I wouldn't want to go against him. And if I was playing safety today, I would basically go low. Because that way, at least I know I have an opportunity to wake up the next play or I have a chance to not sustain something that might be lifelong that could hurt me down the line.
1: So that's about what you'd expect, right? It's a monster that's running at you, that's built like that. You, don't take them on. Don't get thrown out the club. Don't get stiff-armed to hell. Just go low and wait for your help to arrive. Try to knock them off balance because that's the best that you're going to get. When you're looking at this game a few weeks ago on the schedule, you're thinking there's no way the Bears win this one. When you look at it now, I think there's an opportunity here. Just like last week. The problem is, anytime I think the Bears have an opportunity to win games this year, they fall flat. They can't fall flat. Third quarter, don't have another quarter where you don't score. Unless unless like you went crazy in the first and second, but I don't necessarily think that that's what happens. It feels like this is a close game if the Bears are going to win. like It's not a blowout. It, I can see the Titans blowing out the Bears, but I can't see the Bears blowing out the Titans, if that makes any sense. Both of these teams are trying to avoid a three-game losing streak. The Titans lost a heartbreaker to Pittsburgh, and then they got demolished by the Bengals. It's been a weird week for the Bears. So you're hoping that they can overcome some of this stuff. And it's nobody's fault other than Javon Wims, but the other stuff, the COVID stuff, I, I think the Bears dodged a bullet when it came to the, the an outbreak, and a couple of players spoke to the fact that Matt Nagy has been so good at telling guys to keep their mask on and distance and all that stuff that with Cody Whitehair getting COVID, it could have gotten really, really bad, and it didn't. The Bears need to win this game. If you're looking ahead and you're saying, oh, well, you know, they can beat the Vikings, and I'm one of those people that feels like they can beat the Vikings no matter what, they need this win. Losing a a game to an AFC team is not the worst thing in the world, But if the Bears don't pull this off, if they don't give themselves a little bit of a cushion in the stretch of games, it is going to be interesting on Monday for me. You can check me out noon at 2 on the score. Monday, I'll be there for you. The postgame podcast is over on House of L. You can check out the House of L podcast. I'd love it if you did. It's great. Just search for it. You'll find it. There's some good episodes, some good interviews over there too. But I like to do the Bears preview ones right here. And I appreciate you always coming through and listening to hear what I have to say about the game. I'll be on Twitter while the game's going on. At Lawrence W. Holmes is where you can find me. Bears, Titans. Kind of a must win for both teams. We'll see who prevails. Thanks for listening.